Panoply, Panorama, Panpipe, Pansy, Aha, Pansexual, Knowing No Boundaries of Sex or Gender. Sound interesting? Then join Sally on Sundays at noon for Out of the Pan. All those gender questions making you think too hard? Whether it's transgender, bisexual, polyamorous or beyond, we'll throw those questions into the pan and cook up the answers for you. So go on, push that gender envelope only on 3CR 855 AM digital and 3cr.org.au. Three CR eight five five AM digital three cr.org.au Thanks for tuning in to Out of the Pan, a show covering pansexual issues, knowing no boundaries of sex or gender. For those listening live, thanks to the crew from Out of the Blue diving deep for the marine news as they do every Sunday from eleven thirty till noon. Um, if you want to get in touch with Out of the Pan, there's lots of ways to do it. Um, you can email out of the pan eight five five at gmail dot com. Text six one four zero one zero seven eight nine eight one. You can tweet at Sal Gold said so, and that's the bottom line. And you can look for me on Facebook or, th- or out of the pans page, which is out of the pan three cr eight five five am Melbourne. On the show today, lots of um, music that will have an Irish sort of theme and an Ireland theme. There's a hint, um, including a Midnight Oil song. Um, No one seems to have guessed which one it was. Um, uh, But most of all, I'm joined in the studio by a wonderful guest because we opened up with The Church. Um, That one was from a compilation called Unofficial National Anthems Volume 2 under the Milky Way. Someone who's from a church is Kate Beckwith, who's part of the first um, Unitarian Universalist Church in Melbourne. Kate, welcome to 3CR. Hi, Sally. (laughs) Hey, so good to have you um, um, with us here for a vice president, no less. Um, (laughs) um, And, well, the church, I'll leave you to describe it um, and what it's about, um, just so people can get a flavour. Yeah, sure. Um, So, yeah, I'm Vice President of the First Unitarian Universalist Fellowship of Melbourne. We're basically like a a non-denominational religious group with an interfaith vibe. Uh, So that means that we welcome people from different walks of life, um, atheist, Christian, Jewish, uh, Wiccan, um, and um, it's very welcoming of GLBTIQ people and and it has a history of, of advocating for them as well. Yeah, which is really important. I really like um, you have a series of principles and there's the, well, number one principle is pretty cool. What What's that number one principle? <laughs> yeah, the first principle is the inherent worth and dignity of every person. Yeah, which it doesn't get much better than that really, does it? <laughs> it's um, a pretty strong value, yeah. Yeah, which is so important. I mean, you know, um, to me, there's two parts to attributes if you like they are a strength but also they're part of the whole person and so every person has has a strength but and often those attributes give a um a little bit of um you know sort of a, a unique perspective on life that can add value to lots of lives definitely and so it's good that that's upheld and we nurture people's strengths um is a good thing so um tell us a little i mean um, you, you know, you've hit a good point there because there's, um, we discussed just before we came in, there are a lot of churches who aren't so 
don't have such a good first principle. Or <laughs> yeah. If they do, they don't quite put it into action. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, ha- what sort of things does um, UUC do that puts that um, principle and the others, in, you know, into practical effect? Yeah. Um, so, look, um, the way we operate, we, we have a service once a month. Uh, we also have a, a discussion group once a month. Um, and... Uh, Unitarian Universalism has um, a history of advocating for groups that may be marginalised. Um, so they have uh, advocated for um, same-sex marriage within the USA, um, very for like, sex education. Um, they're very community involved. It's not so big here in Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, it's much bigger in the US. Yeah where they have um, big congregations um, and really diverse crowds of people there. Um, our church is, is pretty small. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we, we try to make up um, for uh, the size of our congregation in inclusive love and, and spirit. Yes. <laughs> um, but um, I think it's, it's more important to have that, that, that vibe, the right vibe, and, and a yeah. welcoming space. So um, I identify as polyamorous and bisexual, uh-huh. and I'm completely out to them. They, they know who I am, and they support who I am. So it's really important that I have a, a, a community-type space where I feel accepted. Yeah. Well, it is important. Every you know The, the principle there that that inherent worth of each individual is important, but... You know, often, unfortunately, in the past, um, various religions or elements thereof have left GLBTI people, for example, um, GLB, well, I'll say GLBTIQ and, and polyamorous sort of yeah. t- you know, torn in halves, like a tug-of-war thing going on. So the fact that you can be your you know, authentic self there, you know, um, that sounds like it, it gives you a heck of a lot of um, you know, good pleasure. Yeah. I think so, and... Um I think going to you know a spiritual space or a community space where you have to hide your sexuality is is a you know it's a pretty destructive thing I think so um, I think it's really important I think our sexuality is part of our yes identity and for me kind of part of my um, my spirituality in a way so yeah 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 well you've you've thrown in lots of things there <laughs> yeah. Um, you know sort of. Um, how did you come to find out about um, the the universal, Universalist Church? Because um, <laughs> everyone it, gets tongue tied on that. Yeah, look, I, I, I tried, tried, rehe- tried rehearsing all morning, and I was trying to avoid. You know, we have such a problem with acronyms in our world. I was trying to avoid yeah. saying UUC. Um, yep. But um, how did if, the, if it's not well known, let's say in Australia, how did you um, manage to find out about it and connect with it? Well, I was living overseas uh-huh. in rural Japan. Yeah. And I was working over there as an English teacher mm-hmm. in this little community there. And uh, I met some American travellers while I was living there. Ah. And a couple of them were Unitarian Universalists. And I asked them about it and they described it as a, a non-denominational religion where they could find their own meaning and truth in their life uh, without... Um, I guess, subscribing to a certain strict set of beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were intellectuals and, and we had a lot of really great philosophical discussions. And um, it all sounded really great in theory. And I thought, you know, why don't we have something like this in Australia? Um, when I came back to Australia, I tried to search for um, a, a group like it, uh, but um, not really successful. And uh, 
A woman by the name of Catherine Phelps actually started the first Unitarian Universalist group in Melbourne and it just kind of evolved from there and um, the group has existed for a couple of years now. Not the same members, not the same founder, mm. uh, but uh, still still going. By the, by the same principles and the same core values and all that sort of thing, which is, I think, the critical part. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, let's, we'll, we'll, we'll leave our listeners on a, a tease point because <laughs> we've got lots more to talk about, um, both to go back in your journey and forward and how it connects in with UUC. UUC. But in the meantime, we're going to have a, um, a breather and some music and, well, over, overnight our time, the results of the Irish marriage referendum has have been counted and, well, 62%, yes, 35%, no, 3% invalid. They couldn't, they, they tick, missed either box or something, but, well, got to play a few Irish tracks today and I'm going to dedicate this one from U2's um, um, Under a Blood Red Sky live at Red Rocks from the 80s to Tony Abbott. Come on, Tony Abbott, repeat after me. I will follow 3CR, 855 AM digital, 3cr.org.au, out of the pan with Sally. Over 7.5 million people tune into community radio stations around Australia each month. Just like you, they're tuning in to get diversity, alternatives and to escape from the predictability of mainstream media. That's good morning from the Concrete Gang. And we're getting stuck into the garden show. Good afternoon and welcome to Ruminations here on 3CR. Welcome to another edition of Great Voices, 3CR's classical vocal program. Good morning and welcome to the Latin American Update program, 8.55am. Every day, 3CR brings you current affairs, local music, gig guides, activist information and community views and voices. Make sure you join us. Call 9419-8377. This is Izzy Brown from Combat Wombat. 3CR's annual Radiothon is almost here. At 3CR, we're calling to you to activate the airwaves by donating your money from the 1st of June till the 14th to 3CR's annual Radiothon. So keep 3CR active on the airwaves for another year. Any amount you can afford makes a big difference, so donate. Go online to 3cr.org.au or call us on 94198377. Let's do it together and support 3CR, truly independent community radio. Yeah! <laughs> 3CR, 855am digital, 3cr.org.au. Thanks for tuning in to Out of the Pan with Sally and guest Kate Beckwith. And yes, he's nearly here. Well, if this show is first going to air on the 24th of May and it starts on the 1st of June, nearly is only eight days. Seems pretty logical to me. I will follow. Yes, let's follow Ireland down a path of marriage equality, we'll say, without regard to people's sex including intersex status, gender identity or sexual orientation, 62, 38%, um, give or take. Um, that's pretty damn cool. Um, I've, not that I need an excuse. I'm off to have a Jamison's after the show. Um, but, um, Kate, you've, um, you've got lots to celebrate now, but you've had some journeys to get to where you are. Journeys uh-huh. both, we'll say, literally in the geographic locational <laughs> sense, but also in... We'll say the spiritual and we'll say cerebral sense mm. as well. Um, is there what would you like? Is there anything you'd particularly like to mention about that? Um, <laughs> that got you. Well, look, we got to the point of where you were in Japan. Yeah. 
Um, what had taken you there, for, for example? Um, <clears throat> well, I'd, I'd finished university. Um, I did a degree in media arts and theatre. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really know what to do, but I knew I wanted to experience life and I wanted to be challenged and just wanted to know um, more about who I was. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to move to a country that didn't speak uh, my language, um, that was going to challenge me, that was going to take me out of my comfort zone, um, where I could learn and just be really, really challenged. Yeah. Um, so I got a job teaching English in a rural town in northern Japan, and that was a really huge learning experience for me. I lived there for three and a half years. Yeah. Um, I first lived in a northern town called Mururan, and then I lived in a town um, called Hachinohe, which a lot of people probably wouldn't know. Um, And I was also there for the natural disaster. I experienced the earthquake while I was there as well. And, um, yeah, it was a huge learning experience. It was pretty much just like work, work, work. It it was intended to be a working holiday, but it was more just work, work, work. (laughs) (laughs) But it was a really huge resilience-building um, time for me and, um, times where I just, you know, I was really homesick and thought about coming back to family and friends and have that comfort, but I just kept going and, um, yeah. That's pretty cool. Resilience is a big strength and, um, it can, cannot be easy at a time, you know, when you're perhaps feeling isolated. I mean, a fish out of water, I do an exercise as part of training called an X in a sea of zeros. Um, and you must have felt a lot on a few things like that X, you know, the, the, the different one in inverted commas. I think so. It, w- it was very isolating for me. And um, I'm a big communicator. So to move to a country where I didn't ah. really know the language or anything was kind of challenging. Um, <clears throat> but uh, it made me think about what I looked for in a community uh-huh. and what I was really craving. Um, and um, when you take your family away and, and your, your friendship circles and, you know, what helps you uh, kind of define yourself in a way, it, it can be much clearer as to what you crave in, in your life and, and your community. And I came back with um, having that strong desire to be involved in the community and make a difference and, and also be in really accepting spaces, diverse accepting spaces. Yeah, well, you know, that first principle of um, UUC is a, is a really good, positive, um, affirming, um, ex- you know, all that sort of thing space. But like, well, you, um, your, we'll say, religion in the earlier part of your life, or uh, what's the, the word I'm after? We'll say um, apparent um, religion in a sense, um, you know, sort of um, what perhaps may not have been. Mm. Yeah, you were... Um, brought up um, Catholic? Yep. Yeah. Well, mm, they, yes, um, what can we say? What can really? we say? <laughs> yeah, um, the level of judgment, and I mean on many aspects, um, but also, of course, on the basics of sex and gender identity too. Yeah. I mean. And know, not just judgment, but shame. Yes. Just feeling a lot of shame. Yeah. And having to deal with that. Yeah. And so, yeah, you did your three years in Japan. And, you know, had perhaps cleared out some of the negatives, got an idea of what you wanted, but it was still a picture that was forming. And then you ended back here. Um, where did it, what? Where did life take you from there once you got back to yeah, Australia? Well, <clears throat> I had planned to move to the US. Mm-hmm. 
um, that was my plan. Yeah. <laughs> um, to move to the US um, to be with a partner who I was with at the time. Yeah. And um, I just ended up working this call centre job um, in Melbourne. Uh, while I was here, it was just intended to be a job that I worked for a few months um, so I could run away to the US. But um, I ended up being there for about two years. <laughs> and uh, it was really soul-crushing for me. And I would speak to some of my co-workers. And I remember speaking to one and said, oh, how long have you been here? And he said, oh, seven years. And I said, do you like it here? And he's like, eh. And I knew that if I didn't change something drastically, that would be me in another yeah. five years. Mm. So you had to take a few plunges. Yeah. I did, yeah. Mm. So I decided to – well, I was doing all this soul searching and I was thinking, you know, if I could choose anything at all, um, what would I do? And I decided to be involved in music. And so I auditioned for a music course in Melbourne and it all happened very quickly. Uh, the teacher asked me to come in the next day, which I was not prepared for at all. Wow. Um, but after the audition, they asked me, um, they gave me a, a place on the spot and I was really happy and I quit my job instantly. Um, I had to move house because <laughs> I couldn't afford where I lived. And uh, But I'm really happy. I'm much poorer, but <laughs> I'm a lot happier and I've... I wake up and I have so much purpose and, yeah, it's really good. I think I could say I relate to that <laughs> very much. Um, yeah, look, um, the you know, the call centres, first of all, some, I remember someone telling me they worked there a few years ago and their words were they felt like a battery hen. It really, you know, that was pretty strong language, but that's how they felt and it's sad because the original purpose of call centres just to save the overheads of locations did seem like a good idea, but it's just been turned into this automated approach um, where people are just trying to give minimalist service and not be flexible, well, um, to have customers um, valued for their inherent worth, as individuals might mm. say, in a sense. <clears throat> and I think if you're dealing with any mental issues regarding depression or anxiety or, or trauma, it's, it's, it can be a really tough environment to work in and, and one where you're really craving support but just don't have it there. So, um, yeah, I totally understand what you're saying about the, the battery. <laughs> yeah. It's daily. It's daily. So you you got out. And in the meantime, well, other things were bubbling up. You mentioned in, right at the start of the show that you're, you know, you've worked out your sexual orientation and we'll say broad area of relationship identification. How did that all come, come about? Um, that's a really interesting question. <laughs> I don't know if we have enough time to answer it. <laughs> We've still got two more segments after this. We can tease um, people. But uh, I was exploring the idea of open relationships when I came back to Melbourne and um, I met somebody who um, had multiple partners and uh, I was really curious I said, you know, how does this work? I mean, you know, do you live together? How often do you see each other? And they had a pretty good setup and everyone seemed to be quite comfortable with it. And I found a group in Melbourne called Polyvic, mm -hmm. um, which is a group for people who are poly or polyfriendly or polycurious. Um, and I just showed up by myself one day and just introduced myself to people and um, really, really fantastic, supportive community, made a lot of really great friends. And um, I really identify with being polyamorous now. Yeah. 
and and I didn't really know what it was. Mm. You know, I'd been in open relationships before and tried to make them work and didn't really work. But um, now it's really great to have that community of people that have a bit more experience being with more than one person. Yeah. No, it's it's so often. How often is that the case? People sort of have an idea, but they don't have a word for it. I've I've lost track of the number of people I've mentioned polyamory, and then give a rough definition: multiple ethical relationships. And they go, "Oh, that's what it's called." I've been doing that for years. Yeah, <laughs> but the other part of it, and you know, this is why groups like Polyvic and Polytribe and all the the others that are now growing within Melbourne's diverse poly community is um, that. Um, you know, it just sort of gives that sense of, you know, again, support, sharing information. A, what is it? A problem shared is a problem halved and a joy shared is a joy doubled sort of thing. And people can just gain information and strength from one another. Definitely. So, yeah. And um, and there seems to be a bit of a vibe of <clears throat> self-development as well. Yes. And and knowing that we're not perfect, but um, we can be better and, and we can try and do things ethically. And, and I, I gain a lot from listening to other people's stories and um, figuring out, you know, the better way of doing things and learning from my past mistakes. Well, I'm, again, with you on that. I often go to Polly, uh, well, not often. I haven't been going on a lot, but I did go a couple of weeks ago. Um, It just worked out. I had something cancelled the next day, so I thought I can start late on a school night. Um, Not that it finishes too late. Ten o'clock isn't too bad. But um, (laughs) it was just I often find at Polyvic discussions and, for that matter, um, by Alliance, um, the by discussion group, a lot of the skills that are talked about in a biopoly context are transferable just across life to a large extent, and that's really, really helpful. Um, so, yeah, at the forefront of the, the peaceful revolution. I agree. Yeah, they're really good um, values to carry across to other areas of life. Yeah. yeah, consent and communication and drilling down from there. Open honesty. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, um, that's a... Um, you know, I think that's just... It's a really excellent point, but we'll have a, um, we'll have a breather at that one. And, um, well, no one guessed the Midnight Oil track that was related to the Irish referendum from the Bird Noises um, album, uh, or EP as it was, in the early 80s um, from Midnight Oil, Wedding Cake Island, pun intended, 3CR, 855am, digital, 3cr.org.au. Out of the pan with Sally and guest Kate. We are 855am digital 3cr.org.au. Thanks for tuning in to Out of the Pan, broadcasting from the lands of the Kulin Nation. And we just heard from Midnight Oil from the Bird Noises four-track EP um, recorded in 1980 and released later that year, early 1981-ish. Wedding Cake Island, um, pun intended. Well, you can now have a wedding cake regardless of your sex or gender identity in Ireland. Not that sort of island anyway. Um, But, um, yeah, I must admit I've never seen Midnight Oil perform that live. I wonder what Peter Garrett does or um, what they, he used to do when they did it because um, um, he wouldn't be doing these mad dancing. Anyway, um, yeah, and of course um, that EP features the um, other three tracks, um, two well-known ones, No Time for Games, Knife's Edge and the other one, On the Cure. Um, so, Kate, let's um, just summarise it all. In particular, let's um, give the details of how people can get in touch with um, the Unitarian Universalist um, Fellowship in Melbourne. Thank you. Yeah, so we have a website, um, www.uufellowshipofmelb.org. And we also have a Facebook page, uh, First Unitarian Universalist Fellowship of Melbourne. So, yep, the usual website and Facebook, and um, I'm just having a... 
a dry run Google sh- um, search. Yeah, that's all right. And small note, um, a lot of people get us mixed up with the uh, Unitarian Peace Memorial Church in Melbourne. That's a bit different. Ah. Um, we're a Unitarian Universalist group, um, which is non-denominational. So, um, But yeah, Facebook page or the website, you know, can cool. be contacted from there. All right. Um, so yep, that comes on the first few entries of a search, um, which is cool. Um, so yeah, look, um, stay stay with me because there's been lots happening during the week. Um, once again, congratulations, congratulations to Ireland. I've already seen one article um, that says that the history of the LGBTI movement will now be there'll be stages where there'll be before Ireland and after Ireland because for an LGBTI issue to go to a popular vote and get 6238 is um is pretty cool um it is amazing yeah what a what a shift in the times particularly a country with a strong catholic influence um of course acknowledgement to argentina who got marriage equality in 2011 where there was a strong catholic influence and also went on the next year to do a huge um, amount of trans reform um many people have seen their law saying it's a was a bill of rights which was pretty cool but yeah it's um it's great to see that sort of time of change it really is. Yeah, it's happening a lot. And, well, um, coming back home to southeastern Australia a bit, I had <laughs> a few of those myself this week and look in line with um, what you were talking about of, you know, faith and religion, valuing everyone's inherent worth. I had a lovely, a ama- few things, but an amazing night, Thursday night, the first ever, um, to our knowledge, government-sponsored panel in Australia, Interfaith LGBTI, um, myself, Luke Garn, one of the co-authors of Heaven Bent, a story of LGBTI faith and spiritual stories of LGBTI faith and spirituality. Becky Bauer from Acts to Faith Church, who are a very inclusive church. Um, um, Peter from the Uniting Church in Northcote, and um, an imam who spoke about being gay himself, which is pretty amazing. And yours truly being, um, well, a kosher kosher cowgirl of some sort. Um, <laughs> and it was just. You know, people talking about that, and I and um, very very cool, and it was recorded, and we'll try I'll try to get some um, audio onto onto the show. But I think it is a sign that people are trying to communicate and have dialogue, and we're trying to realise that people are people. And so, um, yeah, it was a, quite an incredible night. Um, you know, and it sounds like well, you know, UUC sort of shares pretty much the same values. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely has that interfaith vibe um, mm. and that uh, vibe of openness as well and people being able to explore what their own meaning is without being sort of restricted to a particular religion sort of set of beliefs. And I think that openness is, is a really good thing because sometimes people will really like the idea of like having ritual and community, but they may not necessarily... Uh, subscribe to the beliefs that are associated yeah. with that group. So it's a way of having community and ritual without, you know, being labelled, I guess. Yeah, very, very very true to just have that broad structure but not all the, you know, the sort of dogma and Bush lawyer type of stuff which was talked about on, on the panel on Thursday night, um, that it is just about the broad principles and, you know, how we reach people. And, um, yeah, I think that's important. It is really, really important that we just you know stick to those broad principles. And I mean, I'm not a huge expert, but I know Wiccan pagan stuff. I think tries to take that broad principled approach and works with the, the four basic elements, that sort of thing, which I think is really cool. 
And forgot to mention we had a text come in um, a little while ago from, I hope I have the pronunciation right, Sesan. Um, congratulations to Ireland for approving gay marriage. Yep, spot on. Um, <laughs> yes, um, so um, certainly um, a big win there. Um, but the other panel I've got to give credit for, I know sometimes on 3CR people might go, what the heck to this one? But I went up to Canberra on Wednesday and did some work with the liaison officers of the federal police. And I've got to say, it's one of the most positive conversations I've had. Um, a big tick of the six of us on a panel where we you know, just sort of shared personal stories with the new liaison officers, three by people, which doesn't often happen. Myself as a trans by woman, a cis by woman, and a, uh, a cis by man, cis being cisgender people's um, sex recorded at birth um, and assumed gender identity match, and also an intersex um, woman as well. Um, so good diversity and a lot of discussion, open discussion about IVF, but also talk about the need for sex ed and sex positivity and respect in schools and. I think, you know, if police could push that and sort of talk up respect in generals, and I know lots of police do go and talk in schools, I think that would be really, really important. So, yeah, look, I know some people on this station perhaps are not so supportive of police and that sort of things, and sometimes, with reasonable reasons, sometimes the police end up being sort of used by governments. But, um, yeah, I've got to give them credit. Um, they were, and I mentioned words like polyamory and solo polyamory and no one fell over in shock, which <laughs> doesn't always happen. Do you think, did, did they understand what it meant? They, they needed the, the definitions, yep. you know, multiple ethical relationships and solo poly, that it's not about nesting. And I'm, look, I only heard that term three months ago. I still feel like I'm at 101 with it myself. Mm. But um, they sort of got it and realised that there's all sorts of things. And the, the thing about solo poly is, you know, people... We live in, I think, a very couple-oriented society and there's coupleism and anti-singleism, I think, in a way at times. And um, once it was explained in those terms that it's a way of having relationships but um, not in a traditional nesting sense, people got it and people could understand that not everyone wants to do the couple thing. And there's you know, all sorts of consensual ways to do it, which was really cool. I've got to give them credit. Um, so it wasn't the typical ultimate shock face that you get? Yeah, well, sometimes you, t- you mentioned the word polyamory and it's sort of like, well, you know, where's the teleprompter with the, interpret- <laughs> the interpretive definition coming up? So it was quite a, a big um, sort of, um, um, yeah, it was just a very positive vibe and people open for good discussion, which I think is really important. I mean, police may have to deal with polyamorous situations. Um, let's say, for example... Someone rings up and says, oh, look, I've just had, unfortunately, a bit of an argument with one of my partners, but my other one's being supportive. I, mean, I just wonder a lot how the standard police officer at, um, I don't know, uh, Melton or Mildura Police Station <laughs> might react to that. Yeah. Um, but I've got to give credit to the, the federal crew who I spoke with, and so if they're able to liaise with you know, all of their colleagues, um, then you know we'll see what happens. Mm. Yeah, I think that dialogue is really important. Yes, well, that's the th- you've, you've hit it on the head and the fact that, you know, um, well, UUC talks up about um, this sort of dialogue and that sort of thing. Um, really, really good. Mm. Okay, let's go to another track. Um, and, um, well, in line with the sort of Irish theme on this one, couldn't resist a track from the commitments and, um, well... I a- love the commitments, by the way. <laughs> ah, well, um, this is... Um, their version of the classic Take It to the River. So um, 
as a singer, join in the vocals once once I've put the microphones off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and um, I'll particularly do that Aretha Franklin bit um, sort of towards the end of the song from the backing vocals. So <clears throat> let's have a listen to the commitments on 3CR, 855 AM digital, 3cr.org.au, out of the pan with Sally and guest Kate Beckwith. Dum da 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 dum da 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 boom 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 boom. Hi, I'm Rod Quantock, and you're listening to fill in the dots. You know who you're listening to. Why do I have to tell you who you're listening to? You know who you're listening to. You're listening to yes, fill in the. Free CR Community Radio, you got it right, you've won a giraffe. Uh, we're at 855am, we're on digital radio and streaming at 3cr.org.au. 3CR has been making trouble since 1976 and occasionally I've been part of the trouble that's been made. It's a vital part of our uh, media landscape and I'd encourage you to get a hacksaw, an oxyacetylene torch and go up to the Dandenongs and, and bring down all those broadcast towers that aren't 3CR's towers and let's make 3CR the only source of information to an information-starved, dumbed-down Australian community. Written, authorised and spoken by Neil Mitchell. Bisexual Alliance is a non-profit organisation dedicated to raising awareness and supporting people who are bisexual, people who are multi-gender attracted, their partners and their families. Bisexual Alliance runs several monthly discussion groups in and outside of Melbourne to offer support, a safe space to chat about your experiences and to explore others' experience of multi-gender attraction. These groups are for bisexuals, those who are questioning and their loved ones. For more information, visit bi-alliance.org or email Info at by-alliance.org. 3CR, 855 AM, digital, 3cr.org.au. Thanks for tuning in to Out of the Pan, a show covering, well, pansexual issues, um, very much by and pan. Um, and, of course, um, by alliance the Melbourne Bi Chat comes up on the fourth Tuesday of the month, which is, coincidentally, this coming Tuesday, um, 7.15 for a 7.30 start at the Parkview in Fitzroy, though there's usually some of us um, hitting the palmers and etc. beforehand. Um, but there's lots of other things happening. Don't, if you're listening live to the show today, um, the Melbourne Aces, the asexual group, are meeting at Queen Victoria, the QV building in the city at San Churro. Um, and um, you can always get in touch with them via meetup.com um, to find out about more information if you're not able to get there. Um, I'm pretty sure FTM Shed is on this afternoon down in Carlton for trans men, trans masculine, etc. Yep, by discussion group this Tuesday at the Parkview. Um, Bent TV, and I've got to thank Bent TV. They had the third in a series of segments um, recorded with Mellum, Linda and myself, this time on Byalliance and the chat group. So if you're thinking, what's a chat? what happens in a Melbourne by discussion group, you can go to Bent TV's YouTube or website and see that segment for about eight minutes and you'll know exactly all about it. And they are a great group. I have visited before. Yes. They have a really great um, kind of structure to the discussion group and really lovely, warm people. It is a well, biased as I am as a committee member. I yeah, think, I, think, I think it's a good place. I was going to say it's well run, but then I thought that might sound a bit biased. Biased, yes. Um, <laughs> biased, yes. Right. Um, yeah. Um, no, look, uh, we're proud of what we've been able to achieve. Um, yeah, good to have, as I mentioned, three bi people on a panel. And look, um, on one I was on on Friday night, um, um, we'll have a track to dedicate to um, the. The one I was on for Westpac's Ida Hobbit event, um, two by two pe- by people out of four. Um, the fabulous Daniel Woodhouse, who's been pioneering in terms of um, work for so long, and Kerry Beitzel from P Flag. So a good panel there as well. But um, 
yeah, good to see a bit of buy and pan visibility at long last. It just feels like that one's beginning to put a few cracks in the rock and long overdue. So um, we'll keep pushing on that one. Um, other things coming up in the week. Um, yeah, Bent TV, um, Friday night, 10 o'clock is their first broadcast, but um, clips usually up on YouTube and um, the website um, pretty much by Saturday morning Australian time. And Talking Polyvic, their social is next Sunday, um, 5.30ish, um, onwards till I think closing time now at Palookaville. I'll have to put that in my Google calendar. Yep. Um, <laughs> last Sunday of the month last for Sunday. Polyvic. Um, so and this is one of those wacky five Sunday months, so got to sort of work it out. Um, so, yeah, lots going on, um, which is really good to see. There's been a few people talking in the last um, few months that, there seems to be just this sudden upsurge in bi, poly, sex, positivity, all these, you know, it just seems like there's this nice rumbling that's beginning to come forward. Do you, what do you think? Oh, I don't know. <clears throat> there, there does seem to be some, some really good dialogue happening around it, um, sex positive stuff. Yeah, look, it, it is, you know, being discussed and, you know, I mean, a few, couple of months ago, the fabulous Cindy Darnell managed to get, um, went along to Melbourne High and put her viewpoint across, which I think is, um, you know, incredibly welcome. Um, you know, um, you know, sort of, so that's, I think, incredibly welcome and, you know, people getting in there still, of course, you know, I can never exactly remember that. I think it's a Gandhi saying, what is it? First they ignore you, then they ridicule you then they disagree with you and then you win or something like that <laughs> i think there's still unfortunately a bit of ridicule around on yeah. some of these things but you know people have realized they can push and um all that sort of thing and i think that's really really important that people just start the dialogue i mean for me i just i still was someone who's been out as trans for 20 years the last three years are just heaven well, virtually heaven compared to hell to use a religious analogy <laughs> Um, so it can be done, and of course now we've got these things called technology and social media and internet that make it a bit easier too. So it is really exciting. There's also, of course, during the week been good news on, or some powerful news on the issue facing the Royal Children's Hospital gender unit um, with a 14-month waiting list, which is horrendous. And I've got to give credit, you know, um, I know Rod Contock said tear down the towers, but um, I was interviewed on 3RW on Thursday and I'm pretty sure 774 ran with it on Friday talking about this issue and how it's not good enough that there's a 14-month waiting list. So, gosh, commercial radio talking about transgender young people positively and then mainstream radio. Um, hey, That's a huge shift, I think. It is a huge shift even to fight compared to five years ago. So, you know, for any group out there where you feel like it's a struggle to be you know, heard on your terms. Um, I think sometimes, you know, you've just got to um, push and keep engaging and keep finding allies and it's doable. Um, so really, really important. Um, also give credit to Marco Fink, who's a fabulous young trans woman involved with Y Gender and Minus 18, who featured in a story in yesterday's age. Um, and um, dare I declare religious bias of Jewish background, um, and so, yeah, all these personal stories getting out there, which is just phenomenal. So, Kate, thank you for sharing parts of your personal story. You're today. very welcome. It was so much fun. And what you do with, um, you know, every 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 bit helps. You know, people say, what's the more important bit? They're all important. 
and the fact that you know people like yourselves in um, UUC provide a safe space, or whether it's Acts to Faith or Metropolitan Community Church, obviously have been around for a long time and deserve credit. But there's little snippets everywhere. Um, well, you know, sort of I heard a few weeks ago of an Anglican school that was quite comfortable with someone affirming their you know true gender identity. And they don't necessarily have to, but, you know, not every religion wants to discriminate. All these little, you know, snippets happening. Um, So thank you for what you do. And, um, yeah, just to everyone out there, um, keep pushing. And, of course, to, well, um, you know, sort of uh, and the individuals involved in the community, thanks for everyone to what they do. And just want to say I had another card this week from Ruth. Have a talk about that next week and also... Women in the Workforce, which was what was discussed at the Westpac um, Summit. So I'll talk about that in a few, in a, over the next couple of weeks as well. How do we um, start getting a more um, you know, proportionate representation of genders in the workforce and particularly at higher management levels? Kate, thanks again. You're welcome. Take it out today, given that, well, I suppose we just mentioned Westpac. Um, well, also... It's the weekly WWE plug, apart from the Twitter handle. Here's Shane McMahon's theme, Here Comes the Money. Thanks for tuning in to Out of the Pan. I'm Sally Goldner. Catch you next week. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.